welcome to the Astro All-Stars podcast. I'm your host, Vanessa Montgomery, pro astrologer and author of Star Power and Cosmic Power. This podcast is for you if you're an astro-curious modern mystic and ready to free your mind, own your power and create your world. Let's go. Hi, and welcome back to the Astro All-Stars podcast. I'm your host, Vanessa Montgomery, and today we have Christopher Renstrom joining us once again, and he is going to be talking about his new book, third book, Rise and Shine, Your Astrological Guide to How You Show Up in the World. It's a beautiful yellow cover. It does make me happy when I see it, Rise and Shine in red. Thanks for coming on, Christopher, and doing more work as a good good Capricorn. (laughs) Thanks for inviting me on. Don't you love that cover? I've been so lucky with my book covers. I swear to God, it's like I'm the luckiest author on the planet. I've like, I've always had really good book covers and this one just made me so happy, you know? It is a happy cover and it is this, it's about the sun, isn't it? And it's, it's about the rising sign, which is like, it is very rise and shine. So uh, it also says decode your rising sign. Right. I feel like that's a Taurus rising thing because it's a Venus speaking of risings. Christopher has Taurus rising as do I. And I feel like I have killer covers as well. And I feel like we've got Venus rising. So we, it has to be pretty. Right. At, at all times. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was funny because when I was winding up the manuscript, my editor was like, you know, well, what are you going to call it? And I'm like, uh. <laughs> you didn't have a name yet. Wow. She had come up with all the, you know, she, had, you know, like the sales team had come up with these things and they just sounded like robotic or, or something like that. And I was like, okay, I know this is really cheesy, but what about if we call it Rise and Shine? You know, I thought she was going to be like, and she's like, I love it. You know, and the whole sales thing, they all loved it. They all like jumped on it. I was like, oh my God, really? You know, and, but it went through, you know, and, and, and I was just so delighted because I was like, well, what else are you going to call a rising sign book? <laughs> well, it's once you've thought of it, it seems like what else would you call it? But it's a, I think it's a great name. It's a perfect name. And can you tell us a little bit about it? introduce people to what is rise and shine about what are they going to get out of it what's the basically yeah well basically it's the only book that I know of there might be some out there but it's the only book that I know of that takes um it it focuses just on the relationship of the sun to the rising sign okay that I that's where I just wanted to put the focus and so what you have is every conceivable sun rising sign combination okay i mean this is how i pitched it i was like you're gonna have every conceivable sun and rising sign combination that's 144 so there's something for everyone and they're like great write that book and i'm like okay and i was like oh my god what did you get yourself into 144 combinations are you insane you know? <laughs> Well, you know, it's like that Sagittarian enthusiasm. I have Mercury and Sagittarius. You're like, okay, that's a great pitch. You know, so you're like, throw it on out. And then they're like, okay, we're buying it. And then you're like, oh my God, I have to do 144. But it's 144 combinations. And it was just so much fun to write. Like once you sort of get into the stream of consciousness of it or something like that, because it's kind of like, I don't know, theme and variations. You're playing all these constant variations on every single possible combination. And it was just, it was delightful to write. And it really kind of like 
got my astrological brain muscles or whatever, you know, whirring around um, and, and to really, and then also to find ways to make them, I, I wanted them to be like portraits, you know, like, like to almost mm. be like portraits in a gallery. And so, um, and, and so, so I'm very, very happy with, 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 with the way that it turned out and, and it's short and it's to the point and it's not this voluminous thing, you know, which I also thought was a really, really good thing. It's not too short though. It's a solid book. It's a solid handbook and every sign combo does get a nice solid entry. I always love reading people's intros, like what, how have you done the intro for everything, which is pretty <laughs> cool. And then each, each chapter is the sun, the rising. And so you get a little intro about say Aries rising, Taurus rising, and then you go through the combos for each one. And one of the reasons I wanted to have you on, Christopher, and for people listening, was to talk to an astrologer who is an author about their process and get a little bit more behind the scenes, as well as look into the book, but like how it got put together. Because I think a lot of writing is about confidence and just how yeah. you are going to put this together. And I really like to encourage people to know they can do it. Sometimes it takes, I mean, when do you ever get to meet an author and talk about how to even do it? So I think it's really interesting and I have come to my own way of doing things, but I'm super curious to hear about others and enjoy hearing that. So Christopher, you have actually an, also an acting background, you know, and I know actors talk about their process, but for a book. <laughs> oh my God, the way that you said that, their process. Their process. And so, <laughs> but for a book, you know, and, you know, I wasn't taught this. I had to work it out on the trot, which I I like to improv, so that's fine. So it's like, well, what is your process for this, you know, and how did you do that? So I love that you said that you were thinking about it as that you were creating a portrait. I love that. That's beautiful. And doesn't that give you a handle immediately on each combo and a regard and the respect, like when you bring that love and respect to something, it's more of an art form, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, you know, the first thing that I would say to anyone who wants to write or whatever is, and, and I say it to everyone is your deadline is your best friend. Yes. Okay. That's, that's, that's number one. Okay. Hit, make the deadline, set the deadline and make the deadline. It's your best friend. It's going to ensure that you produce something, you know, but, but I also wanted, you know, I wanted challenges as I wrote this too. I mean, for me, okay, it's my Capricorn, but um, <clears throat> challenges actually really feed my particular or personal creative process. And I wanted to write a book. All of my astrology books are really geared for people who are interested in astrology, but don't know too much about it. Okay. And so, and so I like being you know, the, 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 the lifeguard or whatever, who takes the kid, you know, down the couple of steps in the pool. And like, we're just going to go in the flotation device. <laughs> you know, it's not going to be a trauma. You know, you don't have to like dive in or, you know, put on flippers or a snorkel or something. We're just going to do this like little thing. And, and I love that. I mean, I, I it's not something that I think is always available in astrology, you know, to, to translate it to someone who doesn't know that much about astrology. So, so, so I always like to focus on something really specific so it doesn't end up becoming mm. embroidered, you know? And so, um, you know, I write sun, sun sign columns. Okay. And, and I'm proud of writing sun sign columns and you know what that's like. It's, it's not easy, <laughs> you know, and, and, 
and it's really really challenging but it's it, it it's it's but it's also incredibly fulfilling but it is not an easy thing to do and you have to really know your astrology to write that kind of a column but but you know the the, the for instance uh ruling planets just focused just on the ruling planet Cosmic so Cal ruling planets is uh Christ was that your first book or second <laughs> that was my first book first, right. ruling planets and then cosmic calendar was the second one and that focused just on the whole idea of your chart as a calendar and it really focused a lot on the sun okay um, and, and the basics, like the elements and things like that. And then rise and shine, I wanted just to be the sun and the rising sign, you mm -hmm. know, because there's already so much information in just that idea that if you stay with it rather than like, well, I want to talk about these. No, if you stay with it, you can tease out this wonderful portrait, you know, but then I also... You know, then there was the additional challenge of I didn't want to bring in houses. I didn't want to bring in aspects. I wanted to just strip away all of that stuff so that it just stayed with the basic idea of where the sun is at the time of day, because this is what the rising sign is all about. It's going to be the sun at that time of day. And 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 so that those were challenges, but it also gave me a lot of um permission and momentum, really, really momentum to really conjugate all the different types of, of, of uh, combinations, but I still had to lock them into a framework, which mm. is sun rising is a very different time of day than the sun at noon. And the sun at noon is a very different time of day than the sun setting, you know, and so, and all of those relationships to that fixed point on the eastern horizon you know mm -hmm. which is the rising sign you know there are going to be charts in which the sun is very close to that point and there are going to be charts in which that sun is very far away from that point i'm so and glad you have taken this there because that was something that was really standing out to me that you were writing that in with if and that, you know we're really talking about the houses so i wanted to ask you about were you thinking houses house signs in your mind because you haven't written that in you've translated it which is the cleverness of being able to do a, a book like this you've sort of said about the day so people can relate more that without starting to feel like things are getting too technical but in your mind were you thinking yes well if you're this sun and you've got this rising that's a ninth house person it was it, it, it's funny because my plan was to start like that you know but then I found as I was writing it it was really more about um, aspects. I mean, if, if I can sort of reveal, you know, the blueprint behind it, it was actually much more about yes. aspects than it was the houses. And then it was also about status, you know, the elevation of the sun at the top yes. of the chart versus the non-elevation of the sun at the, I see the imumkuli, the bottom of the sky, mm. you know, and so, and so it would be more like, for instance, if the sun was in houses that trined the ascendant, that definitely has a trine flavor. The sextiles absolutely have a sextile flavor, you know, and then of course you've got the square, but what became fascinating to me were, okay, I'm going to use a heavy jargon term, but what became fascinating for me were the semi-sextiles, okay, the signs that bookended the rising sign, okay. Really? Yeah, right. Or the quincunx, okay, the signs that bookended the descendant or the opposite, those became really intriguing Interesting. to me because there's an out of joint yes. quality to that, you know? And so how do you, 
how, how, you know, how does that show up in a person, you know, and, and then in, in, in a rising sign and what's, what's the comfort level or the non-comfort level. And, and I found myself realizing what's the recognition level versus the non-recognition level, you know, and, and, and then especially when you're dealing with the sun so far away from the rising sign, that's, I've seen over the years, those are the types of charts where people are saying, I don't really feel like I'm my sun sign, or I don't really feel like I'm my rising sign. It shows up a lot in those oppositions, but I've even seen it show up in in the um, semi-sextile positions where they're really not quite mm. sure. I'm so you're glad doing. you're talking about that because I, you know, I have that with a Sag sun and a Taurus rising and the okay. sun is in the seventh, not using whole sign charts, Placidus. I love to see how good astrologers that are also good writers will talk about these sorts of things. I've got five planets in Sagittarius and seven planets in fire. So I do relate to that. And I have nothing in earth except that one rising. And what I found is people don't see me. Yeah. And they will see the Taurus rising, which is, you know, you've, and we'll go into that with the rising as a mask and things like that, what people yeah. first see. Yeah. And they don't see the fire and when you act out of what seems character, it's confusing for people because they yeah. see the Taurus rising. Although I also relate to the rising and people with Taurus rising, like you, Christopher, and I can really see where we yeah. are very similar and how we ground things in. Like I, you're also a Capricorn. So speaking right. of sun and rising, so Christopher's the Capricorn <laughs> sun, nice trine to the lovely Taurus rising in there. And yeah, I just feel like we all are very interested in grounding things in. And that's what you were talking about with this. You wanted to ground it in and have an anchor. It's a very practical, structured approach, which suits uh -huh. both your sun and rising. And I found the astrologers I take notice of with Taurus rising, we really, we're almost obsessed with doing that. It's like the underpinning to so much of how we approach things. Yeah. Very interesting. Michael J. Morris is a bit of an astro twin for you, actually. And okay. they, they're quite similar like that. They bring it back, very interested in the physical, the body, the experience, the nature, but also extremely intellectual. And it's very interesting to see how someone brings that down and grounds it, which you do so wonderfully as well. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, it's it's almost like a mission for me, you know, because we can all get you know, what was that Kate Bush song? Like, you know, trip it on my own trip or something like that. There's a line in one of her songs where she's just like, or am I just like on my own trippy high? But we can all get like that when we talk astrology. We could get almost Absolutely. become Absolutely. In, in... There's no limit. Right, because the, the sky is so large. So you can just become, you know, out of breath and, and exhilarated and all of that. But meanwhile, the person listening to it is like, what are they talking about? You know, so so it's always such, I, I think, especially if you're interpreting charts or reading charts, you really have to make it make sense to the person. That... I like that meme that goes around, make it make sense. Oh, is there a meme? Okay, you have to. You have to make it make sense, you know, otherwise it's just, you know, the person's either going to politely agree or they're going to sit there having their own trip out about what you're saying and like, which has nothing to do with the information that you're communicating. Mm. So I think it's so important 
um, uh, uh, to be able to to grind it. I actually sort of look at it as, you know, in char- interpretation, particularly as outfitting. You know, I was, um, I think I, we, we've talked about this, but, um, you know, I was very uh, fortunate that one of my friends, you know, when I got out of college or whatever in New York City was Isaac Mizrahi, who is a, a fashion designer. Oh, no, um, we haven't talked about that. Interesting. At the time that we, you know, hung together, you know, that we hung out. Besties and stuff like that. with, yes, the very we famous besties. person. He was up and coming, you know. And so what was a lot of fun was that he would be like, oh, honey, you know, do you want to go out for whatever? I'm like, oh, it's great. He's like, but I'm going to be like another like hour, maybe 90 minutes or whatever. Do you want to swing by the studio or something like that? I'm like, great, you know. So, I, you know, you'd go down to his, you know, Soho thing and like take the elevator on up. And he was like maybe uh, draping something on Melanie. You know, she was like his his muse model at that time. But it was just so wonderful to just sort of like, sit there and watch the way that he would drape the fabric over her, you know, and, and the way that it would fall. And I, and that has always to me been what an astrological reading should be like, you know, it's almost like you're taking this fabric and you're draping it on this particular silhouette or you're draping it on this particular horoscope, you know, and, and so the person should be able to wear it you know, like it's couture, it, uh, you know, because it is couture, right? I feel so like that's very the rising sign too. That's a great I, analogy also for the rising sign. You want to be able to wear that so it's it sets you off when you walk into the room. That I like that a lot actually, as well yeah, as for the reading, definitely for the rising too though. And yeah. some things are an easier fit with the trine or... And yeah. some things are not. <laughs> yeah. So you gotta you've gotta be what would your advice be for that? Like how do you wear it? How do you make did you th- were you going through all those thoughts and processes when you were writing? We're like, well, what about people that are not so easily seen? And maybe, you know, people say with fashion, you want to wear the garment. If the garment wears you, it's not good. You lost the fight. Lost <laughs> the fight. Not, right? <laughs> you're a mannequin yeah. at best. <laughs> so you know? that could be the rising. If you're not being seen and people are just seeing your rising and you leaning into that, or you're not even aware that what's the dis- disconnect here, what's going on. Well, it, exactly. And and it and and it does show up a lot. Um, first of all, actually, I say that it is not a mask. Okay. Mm. Uh, my, my thing, I mean, before I really wrote this book, rising sign was what you would hit on to get to other things in the chart. You know, it was just kind of like a, a, a bus station, you know, it's just sort of like one of the places that you stopped in your reading and you got on or off the bus and you moved on to another. <clears throat> so in sitting down and writing the book, I really had to, and um, I kind of immersed myself in a lot of um, physiognomy uh, texts, texts about physiognomy, the tradition, the history of, of physiognomy, that's face reading. Um, I knew that I did not want it to be a face reading book. That's also one of the things that it's, but I wanted to get into like, what was this yeah. about? You know? Love so that read, process. <clears throat> oh yeah. I mean, I, I was reading books about uh, physiognomy from British 19th century to Germany 1930s to uh, Shakespeare, you know, because it's the whole idea that the face, that the face over the span of your life is sculpted, it's being sculpted by your soul. Okay, mm. that, that that it was this idea that within you is this soul, and that your true soul or your true character is coming out 
in your face over a period of time you know, so, so that the soul emerges or revealed. But one of the things I kept coming back to, and it also came from years of reading, it's rising sign isn't a mask or a brand <clears throat> or a persona. I, I, I realized, it, you know, it's like what you were saying, just think simple. And it's just like the rising sign is actually the face of the horoscope. Okay, it's the face of the horoscope. We all have a face. You know, and 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 so one of the things that sort of stayed in my mind was like, well, who looks at your face more during the day, you or other people? You know, now you know someone could say me because of my selfies, or I'm an influencer, or you know whatever. But but when you get past that, your face is being looked at by other people constantly. We're not, you know, I mean. Certainly you've been at lunch, Jessica, where it's like, do I have something between my teeth or something? You know, like someone else is like mirroring you and they're like, just go like this and you'll get the salad out from between your teeth. Okay, do I look good? You look good. Okay. But we don't see our face during the day. Okay. The face is being seen by everyone else. Okay. And so the rising sign has all the spontaneous expression and fluidity and lives its own life like our own faces do okay and it can have nothing to do with the sun sign at all okay i mean how many times have you ever had the experience of someone like oh are you sad no i'm fine oh you look sad or what are you thinking about or you know oh you're you know you uh, i a friend of mine once said my father used to say i always had an open face and i was like Oh, well, what, what, I, I always take that. And I was like, well, what was that supposed to mean? And she's like, uh, that I looked open, like I looked too gullible, like I looked too fresh, that I looked too, I had this open face. And were you thinking about what her chart was and what that might be with her chart? Right. And how, and how it worked in with her chart. Yeah. She, she was, uh, I, I think it was a uh, Taurus Aquarius rising, something like that, mm. or Aquarius. I don't know. It's, you know, one of the many charts that have been read over the years, but 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 people can almost talk about their face as a different identity or different component of their of their lives. I mean, one of the things you were talking about acting that you learn as acting is is to register the face and like how you know to almost control the face, but a lot of people don't, you know. And so, so once I sort of got in this idea of like, well, the rising sign is really, it can act in conjunction with the sun, but it can just as easily act out of conjunction with the sun. It could do its own thing, you know, and it began to transmit or communicate to me like, like I famously had, I, 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 I don't reference or I don't tell the story in the book, but I references it. I reference it. I famously had a Leo client who had Virgo rising. And her big complaint was, why does everyone treat me like I'm the help when I'm the CEO of my own company? Oh, that's so interesting. Yes. And it wasn't just, you know, because she looks Virgo or something like that, which we were reading in a, in a rising sign book. But what it was, was that her demeanor was Virgo. Okay. So Virgo is the sign of work, help and service. So her demeanor was you know, okay, we're going for lunch. What do you want for lunch? What kind of sandwich do you want? You know, her, her thing was to get up and help someone with, you know, I mean, and she wasn't, she wasn't practicing her sun sign status, which mm -hmm. is Leo. Okay. So here she had achieved her sun sign status. She's CEO of her own company. Okay. But 
she's uh you know I'll go and fetch the coffee rising <laughs> and so there was this as you can imagine this disconnect between yes. the two but she was only finding out about it from the way from actually the way people commented on the way her employees were treating her right okay and and see this is the thing about the rising sign it's very social it's 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 not personal like the sun is or it's not personal like the moon is the rising sign is very social yeah it's not hidden it's not hidden it's right no. there one seeing it, it and you're wondering it, why people are responding to you like this it's right which is one of the things i like that you've done this to help people become more conscious of that of that horoscopic face yeah because that that the face of your horoscope may not be, you know, if you're fortunate in that your sun trines or sextiles the rising, great, you know, you, mm. you know, but if that's not what's going on, you're going to be feeling this disconnect and trying to figure out who's this person that people are talking to, or why aren't they seeing who I am, you know, in, in this sort of thing. And but how you can work it, because we you thinking about that? Well, you can really, if you know what you're working with, you can actually work it and make the most of it. You obviously can't change it. You can try other things on like an actor, but you could actually just really get into this and work what you've got. Well, with her, for instance, um, my thing was to actually get her to focus on her son and Leo, which mm -hmm. was in the 12th house, you know? And so I was like, you have to, you have to express Leo status. Okay, you, ha you have to express that. I'm not sure if I, you know, like she felt uncomfortable. It's like, you, you need to express it if you're going to be taken seriously as a CEO or whatever. And she began to express it. And as soon as she began to express that more, A, they stopped treating her like the hired, hired help. Okay, but B, her employees become more comfortable with her. Really? Because, because she was asserting this Leo leadership, you know, which, which, yeah. which they need. And so that made them much more comfortable with her. So it can go both ways. It's not only just about how do I work with the rising sign? It might be like, how do I work with my sun sign if it's not being easily recognized or, or in conjunction yes. with, with the rising sign? Yes, true. True. That's very interesting, the components. And because you have such a long history of clients, astrology, as well as everything you bring to your practice, all your resources, you know, I can certainly see that in the richness of all your stories and analogies and references. And like the book is very polished. It's very, you've, I can see the work that you've put in. You've made it look easy, which means it's not easy. <laughs> You would get it, honey. Only you oh, would get yeah. it. <laughs> it's a lot to get you it to that final want. refined, polished stage. That's almost the hardest part once you, from getting started to, yeah, finalizing and finish up, finishing something is very difficult in a way, in a way, because you've heard there's so much. Anyway, so I think that's really interesting. And I always wonder this with writers for each sign combination. Or for a lot of them, were you thinking of specific people like this lady? Were you like, oh, yes, and like drawing on that? Because I'll use some people's stories. I'll use some of my oh. own. And Oh, yeah, ab absolutely. Because, I mean, like, 
you know, it, it, it's funny when I first began teaching astrology, I would be like, you know, never be anecdotal, only look at the chart or whatever. And I was like, God, you know, Christopher, you weren't even that way, you know, when you were an actor or writer. It's like, it's all anecdotal. It's all like, you know, it's like, get off the Capricornian, you know, stuffed shirt thing and like live a little, you know. And, and so <laughs> we hear so many stories, you know, we we describe so many lives you know, and so many people. I mean, so we're all, if you're, an, uh, as a practicing astrologer, we're all libraries. Yeah. Or yeah. art galleries or curated spaces or, or whatever, you know, in which these lives we've borne witness to and we've interpreted and we've, you know, some of these people we've seen over the years and some you only see once and that's it, you know? And, and so, you know, you really, you know, as astrology itself, you know, the literature of astrology itself has, has a 2,500 plus year history where, you know, for some fantastic and fabulous reason, it's always stayed conservative. Like there is a way that you read an astrological chart that has been done for 2,500 years, okay? But yet it's worn so many different historical costumes and outfits. It's lived at so many different times. I mean, like you can almost think of it as one of the endless, you know, that just sort of like appears like, here I am in my Elizabethan garb and here <laughs> yes. I am in the 1960s. And so that's that's the that's the richness that astrology brings to all of us who practice astrology. And so we in turn as astrologers can feed back into that richness by sharing the stories and the descriptions. And, you know, this is what this is what I saw in a chart or this is how I interpreted this or this was my take on it. And this is how our art form just keeps living and enriching and rebirthing itself. Yeah, that's true. I love that. I'm thinking about, you know, the, the mask thing and speaking of in our current era, which is like no other, you know, the mask, who, who does see your face and usually you don't see your face much, but, you know, even me talking to you now, we can both see our, ourselves in the conversation mm -hmm. and we're at a point, yeah, humans have never been here before as far as we know. And I was talking off camera, I won't get heaps into it, but it, it a little bit with you know, there's so much with technology where we see each other and we have to present all the time, but we're seeing our faces and maybe that's the difference where it's particularly a lot of women, but the boys are getting drawn in too and um, going to surgery and wanting to look like their Instagram filter and doing a lot of injectables as well as other surgery and spending a lot of money on how we look. And it makes me think about the rising sign and that idea of who sees your face, who sees your rising sign and becoming aware of that. We're just at this hyper aware stage of how we're looking and what our face is doing. Right. And it's changing how we are interacting and responding and seeing ourselves. And I'm just kind of putting these two ideas together with the rising. And I think coming around into an astrological lens does give us a different point of reference about yeah how we look how we're presenting to the world, how we can make the most of what we do actually have, take mm -hmm. into account the sun as well if you need to balance that or if you want to lean more into that or more into ascendant. And then, yeah, this self, this not, it's the selfie generation or time era, but it's also the we are, we both seeing ourselves now in conversation. That is yeah. breaking my mind yeah. a little bit right now. 
Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a fascinating idea, you know, uh, or it's a fascinating issue, you know, that is very much um, that is very much connected these days, because it also has to do with the um, uh, 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 not the colliding, but the diffusion of public and persons personal space, public and private space, you mm -hmm. know, and <clears throat> I used to uh, years ago, you know, because. I've been working on this stuff forever. But anyway, years ago, I used to sort of think, you know, is that because I was always around that sort of changing of of the face, you know, 28 years in New York City, you know, a number of them on the Upper East Side where ladies went and got plastic surgery all the time. But um, but but not to the extent that right now it's like, you know, even kids who haven't even grown into their features are, are, are doing this. And it's become a big debate. It's become a big debate Age. with you know, uh, 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 any sort of surgical alteration of, of the body or the form. It's, 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 it's a whole new field here. And it's huge. Yeah. It's, it's, it's huge. And most of us, like you in New York living the glamorous life, certainly, certainly saw what most people were never exposed to. I'm amazed that I'm seeing this in this little area where I'm living. It's shocking well, it, to me. As we were saying before, it's, it's, it's done with all the casualness of getting a tattoo yeah. you know but but what it comes from is who are you altering this face for you know is it your idea of what your face should be and then what is the what is the motivation behind that idea you know is it anxiety based is it aesthetic based you know, it could be that too. Absolutely. And, who, and who, whose idea is it? Who's setting the aesthetic standard? Because that's also the interesting, the history of beauty. It changes. So who's well, setting that? What Are you following someone else's overall, the crowd? Are you going to set it yourself? Okay. Where are you placing your value? Dictating and, and, and determining what that will be. Yeah. And there we're going right to Venus. You know, I mean, that's, I mean, we're going to go to Venus because she's the Roman goddess Value. of love and beauty, but Venus's job, Venus has a different job in a chart than the sun does. Okay. The mm -hmm. sun's job in a chart is to make you the most genuine, fulfilled, best person you can be, you know, like that's, you know, the, the sun is like, you know, I need to do me, <laughs> you know, that's mm -hmm. the sun. And Venus's job in a chart is to get as many people into your life as possible Okay, to help you become the best that you can be. <laughs> and to okay. enjoy the journey. And to enjoy the journey. So Venus is very you oriented. You know, I mean, Venus is very curious about other people. Sun, sun, if you have a strong sun, isn't necessarily that curious, you know, unless it's in Libra or, or something like that. Seven or eight. Right, exactly. Yeah. But Venus is intensely curious about other people mm. and how they see things and what they see, you know, <laughs> and so because Venus's job is to Venus knows that you're not going to live a good or successful or prosperous life. And I'm using the word prosperous because Venus is a benefic. OK, you're not going to live that unless you have as many allies and support and people in your corner as you can have. I mean, Venus is the planet of likes, mm. you know, like, like every time you get a like, it's a heart, you know, it's a like. Yes. And I think that begins with the founder of Facebook, who's a Taurus and is really planted as Venus, you know? So, so, you know, Venus is all about collecting the likes. Okay. Yes. But 
it, it's not necessarily coming from um, a me space. Venus is a very we space. You know, it's not necessarily a me space. And I think that what can happen is I want to look like that. You know, I want to look like him. I want to look like her. I want to, you know, women want chiseled abs. I must chisel my abs. You know, men, uh, men are getting, you know, fake butts or whatever that they put in their pants now or something. I've been doing that too. I know women are getting the oh, yeah. Brazilian butt oh, yeah. lift. Yeah. But the thing is, I read this wonderful book called The History of the Mirror. Oh. And um, it, it, from like ancient time to now. They were all doing this back in Versailles. They're all they're all doing this in the uh, Chinese courts, you know, of like you know how you present, yes, you know, type of thing. And and what's Versailles? But it's known for its halls of mirrors. Yes. <laughs> so, so so you can you can you can you can hear the Venus in. Yeah. in and, and it was so it. it's funny it was a hall of mirrors and venusian because that was over the top for everyone it was that's one of my favorite oh, looks oh, <laughs> it's one of the best you know yeah. and but the thing is what can happen is that because we're living in social media which is dominated by a news cycle in which the trends are constantly you know changing and turning over mm. you know people can sort of be chasing phantom images of themselves you know, that, that, that they're not, you know, is, is this me that I own or is this me as I think I should be or what people expect? And if you don't have that balance between the, the public and the private or the social and the individual, then it's a very vulnerable, you know, if you can for X amount of money, get a Botox or a facial or, or something done very quickly, you know, with all the speed of an Amazon purchase, you know, you don't really take into account what you're going to be living with or what the consequences of that are going to be. Or yeah. how you're going to deal with it down the line, like it might work in the beginning and then it starts to look like a mask that no longer fits. And uh, Christopher and I were talking about, you know, yeah, you like if it's an outfit, there's this line in fashion because I've had a fashion and textile design degree actually from mm -hmm. the millennial, turn of the millennium. Uh <laughs> don't, let the, don't let the outfit wear you and also because we studied fashion and I'm really more costume I probably should have done costuming but um they were very clear and specific about the line where fashion becomes costume and we weren't really allowed to do costume unless we wrote that into our brief or what we were going to how we were going to respond wow. Okay, that's pretty. And, yeah, so if it was looking costume, you were losing points. You're not going to get a great mark because you're failing the brief. And I'm feeling like because I did want to see where this conversation went with how people look and how we're responding to this change very quickly changing landscape about how we must present and be accepted. And you know, it's all in service of the sun at the end. Venus is in there the rising signs in there. But I think that in the end, we come down to how we best shine and we've got to use that rising sign. So yeah, perhaps, like, so per, it's, perhaps, I'll just say, I'll just, would, I'll just keep yeah. on this idea because I'm nearly yeah. there. So <laughs> once, you know, it might start off looking okay and work, but you're not thinking further down the line. It's very like our culture now, immediate and you can get immediate results. So that's a really great point. But if you keep on that track, 
it kind of you you can't keep doing the same thing or it starts to look like a mask and it's not fitting your son it's not it's becoming ill-fitting and you know don't let the clothes wear you it's like the mask is starting to wear you and that is then not in service of your aims actually yeah 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 no that's a that's a wonderful point i'm, I'm sorry i interrupted um okay. that's my mercury and sagittarius are so excited about your we ideas. both have mercury and sag don't uh, you worry i'm the biggest uh, interrupter ever and i'm working so hard not to interrupt you because it's it's actually something on my podcast i've been yes working towards so i love better it better than it's me like the fire better. wants to get in and build it and it gets excited you go but, but you know if you look at some of the work that Liz Green was doing with psychological astrology, you can have a son that's not comfortable with itself that's compensating. And that's where I was bringing in my like, I'm not, you know, because you said, like, in the end, it serves the son and not necessarily. You know, if you have a son that's that's in problematic position. I guess I mean, ideally, ideally, yeah. you yeah. want to get yeah. this working together, like you want to walk into a room or life with um, an outfit that supports you. Like you think about colors will make your eyes pop, your skin look amazing. If there's mm -hmm. a harmony, which is kind of the Venus thing, you want that that support in support to for the sun to shine, but we're talking about physically as well. Yes. And but also, I mean, you know, something that came into mind as you were just talking about, what about drag, you know? I mean, drag is something in which what you have is the drag person, you know, the the person who shows up, the, the drag itself is a person, right? Like a character? No, a, a drag Any queen will, will say, the drag queen will say, this is me, you know, or I, I've never felt more me than... When, but I don't when... see that as any different to say a woman that's dressing up very glamorously. Like to me, it's right. all drag. And RuPaul, like RuPaul says, you're born naked. We're all born naked. The rest is drag. Right. Right. Yeah. right. They're just, just breaking the general rules, but rules are made up. They're arbitrary. It's ex if someone does their hair, wears lots of makeup, frocks up. It's the same thing to me personally. Right. But, but there are uh, situations in which the person does feel like, this is the truest me. Mm. You know? This is the truest me, how, how I present. And we're involved in an incredible conversation about how you show up. I mean, I, th I think the phrase is how you show up, how you present. We're involved in an incredible conversation with that now, you know, and I think that because um, it used to have very strong judgment with it, you know, how you present, how you show up. That's, you know, are you talking about how you disguise or, or are you talking about an affectation? Are you talking about, you know, what you're trying to sell or advertise? Mm -hmm. and, and in some of the older astrology books, you'll actually see that language being used. Mm. And so that's why I think we're in such a fascinating point in our culture. And astrology is always going to work with the culture because it can wrap itself around anything. It's so in supremely limitlessly adaptable, which is why we love it. This is why we love it, because unlike science or religion, which will take the culture and try to shape it to what it wants the culture to be, astrology is like, who, where are we now in the timeline? You know? <laughs> it's very Gemini in a way. And, and uh, what was that again? Well, it's very mutable, very Gemini, oh, Pisces. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think that that's its whole survival, but we're in such a fascinating um, place in terms of that conversation. And that's, and I think the rising sign absolutely lives in that place. That's, that's why I deliberately wanted to take it away from words like persona, you know, or mask or. Right. You know, open it up uh, more. Yes. To open it up more and make it more its own thing mm. you know, because when people say i feel more like my rising sign than my sun sign we shouldn't be correcting them like you know years ago if there was a left-handed kid you know they'd get their hand beaten or whatever and they were forced to like write out of their right hand you know we shouldn't be forcing that the rising sign might really be you know i mean like something i recognize you know took me years to get here but in charts is that people can feel much more like they're the moon than the sun and a lot of times it will show up in a day versus evening chart mm. so so i think that you know we I, I think that's something that's that's impacting shaping and influencing our conversation as astrologers and also astrological mm. interpretation very interesting so you would have had you would have had to go through lots of different ideas about well what am i going to write my third book about and... <laughs> no, I actually have them all. I actually have a list. <laughs> awesome. And sorry. <laughs> so, but you 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 ended up choosing this one out of so many things that one could do. So, why did you end up? Yeah, any mm -hmm. of these choices on the list is a huge commitment, and it has to be worth committing to, right? And you also have to think, well, what uh, will people? What will interest people as well? You have to be commercial about it and thoughtful. It's for an audience. So why this topic out of all the ideas that you could have done? There are very few books written about it. That was the mm -hmm. first thing that got my interest. Important, yeah. Uh, there was a wonderful book written, I think, about maybe 20, 25 years ago. It's kind of like um, the, you know, I, I think it's actually your rising sign, your mask or something like that. And it very much showed a 1980s psychological astrology influence. I mean... I, I'm not sure if people are used to thinking of astrology in terms of different uh, of genre, you know, but there are different genres to astrological writing. Okay. Mm -hmm. And one that was very popular uh, when I was studying astrology in the eighties was the Jungian psychological astrology, you know, type of thing where you would bring in archetypes and you would bring in your case studies and you would, you know, analyze all these different things. And you, I mean, and, and I was like, oh my God, this woman got a lot of real estate. I mean, like the books, like, you know, as a paperback, it's like this thick and, you know, she took, I was like, wow, I wish I had the, you know. That's what <laughs> I think too. But again, with the limits, it's interesting what you. The limits are really out. good. Yeah. The limits are really good because they force you to really scope those sentences, you know, and, and, and not repeat. I mean, it's all about, don't you think it's all about word search or whatever? so you can see like how many times this word is repeated and so yes. and, and it kind of keeps you on track it's like did I get into an idea rut okay how do I change it up how do I move it in a different direction type mm -hmm. of thing and so I think it helps in the sculpting of the manuscript itself but there were very few books about it um I've gotten more comfortable you know representing or presenting myself as a Taurus rising actually for a long time, I was 29 degrees Aries, and it was always kind of a question as to whether I was an Aries 
or a Taurus really? rising. Yeah. And I decided it was like more fun to be an Aries rising than a Taurus rising, you know? And, and, and so I would sort of like always leave it on the cusp. And so that's how it kind of stayed with me for a number of years. And so that, because it always stayed as like this or that, which is a typical issue with, with different people, um, the rising sign always stayed with me as a, as problematic or question. And so yes, that's the God. thing that caught my interest, you know, like when, when it came to propose another book was like, what's something that I could really dig down deep into mm. and, 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 and get, and, and, and teach myself as I write this, honestly, you know, I, I didn't, the, the writing of this wasn't like, you know, I'm going to now dictate to the recording angel or, or the recording angel is now going to dictate to me. So I'm going to, no, it was just sort of like, you know, what can I learn? What would I want to know, you know, reading this, this type of a book. So that's actually really where, where, where it came from. And, and again, I was like fascinated with the history of physiognomy, which was face and, and how that was used for centuries as determining someone's character um, in, in positive ways, but also in very negative and very harmful ways that have also, by the way, infiltrated into the history of astrology as yeah, well. Yeah, right. Isn't that interesting? So letting go of um, prejudices that, yeah, that are negative. And I, yeah, I guess with traditional astrology coming back to, which can be very negative for certain placements, which is Mm-hmm. not fun for people it's something to keep in mind well if you for instance if you read saturn mm-hmm. through the centuries you can't overlook the anti-semitism that's oh, right apparent <laughs> yeah, right. i mean you read about saturn even in the 1930s it's so it is a portrait of uh, you know uh, of a caricatured jew you know, it's oh, so anti-Semitic yes. in its flavor. Venus, I mean, like there's the, <laughs> please, do we need to? I mean, Venus is the entire, I mean, there's so much misogyny <laughs> written into Venus. Yeah. But see, this was also translating as rising sign portraits as well, because mm-hmm. the whole notion of physiognomy was that, you know, it was your animal soul that, so 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 it begins with these portraits of animals compared to humans and so, you know, you get beady eyes like a fox or you get, you know, a sort of square jawed, lazy look like cattle or you get a very regal lion thing. You know, it starts kind of innocent, mm. but as the personality profiling becomes mm. entrenched in the tradition of astrology, it begins to reflect some of the darker impulses that are going on at that time as well. I mean... The shadow, know you know. projecting the social shadow of the time. Absolutely. I mean, um, I don't know if people know this or not, but a huge favorite with astrologers in, in the 20s and 30s was, was eugenics. Yeah, right. And oh, we yeah. do have shadows of all of these things still in there. Also, just the gender bias, like all the things that are termed feminine, therefore, I mean, let's face it, female are like not good, like the water and earth signs or like yeah Taurus is supposed to be a bit like you were saying with the animal a bit like slow and stupid and obsessed with food and well and just a little bit but yeah it's ridiculous and you lose so much richness it's ridiculous 
but you also see how astrology itself was transmitting it you know like for instance big thick lips were were um sensual luscious not able to contain themselves physically you can already hear you know references to indigenous peoples and things like that coming mm. out you know it's, it's so you know and and what's kind of fascinating about it is astrology as a history we often talk about the history of astrology but astrology itself is mirroring the culture that it That's exists right. yeah so itself is a historical chronicle but those things have seeped into the rising sign mm. okay you know, that whole idea of like the appearance or the look, and now we're going to judge mm. based on this. And so I was very deliberate in in avoiding, you know, like, oh, if your eyes are close like this, it means, or if your eyes are far apart like that, it means, you know, and I don't know if the people who are doing face reading understand how steeped in eugenics that right. is. Yeah, you know, interesting. The, the history to that isn't always pretty or psychological yeah <laughs> like you know that the features that are yeah western white are seen as good it's like yeah to me that's the fem the earth and water signs versus air and fire like intellect is good air sky is good body is bad must control body earth must right. um yeah mind over body and it's like you'll never win. Like it's putting that split into society and each human being, each family, each culture, village, whatever, you're splitting it, splitting it, splitting it. Let's not be a vehicle of that. Let's be a vehicle of unity. So how can we do that? I love that you are bringing this intention to this work. Yeah. And I think that what it also, I mean, it's no accident that astrology should have become the focus or gain the attention of things like questions about binary. Okay. That's not an accident, you know, uh, it, and it's not because astrology was long overdue for this, but it's because astrology was actually opening up the conversation mm. and astrology um, opened up the conversation. I think before it was being opened up in other areas of life and, 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 and society. So, you know, again, I think it's a very, you know, and, and then I love the way that, astrology is finally be becoming embraced by people from all sorts of different backgrounds. I mean, I can point out to you like 13th or 12th century writings where, you know, an uh, Persian astrologer was like, air signs are supposed to be like blue eyed and blonde haired. I don't see anyone like that around where I live <laughs> in Persia doesn't exist <laughs> you know but that was one of the critiques of rising signs that this that this person astrologer was was talking yeah, about yeah of course yeah. i cut that out yeah. it's more like say yeah taurus rising will it's more i guess behavioral or where what they will wear or what suits them i someone was i was thinking about this in terms of yeah what just suits you if you go partly with the rising sign so, so taurus you'd think would be colorful but more like natural or muted not those clear not plastic bright perhaps right and right. yeah might lean towards textures like i know i do natural fibers and knits and things that feel really good and quality yeah. you know yeah and 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 i've always like loved linda uh linda goodman's description of of taurus or taurus rising you know the country squire yes you know? i love that too always, I, love that look. I was like okay that's so ralph Lauren. i could get into yes. that <laughs> Yeah. yeah, rather than innate that you have to be blonde and blue-eyed, which you can't control, and it does 
it's meaningless to a lot of people that don't look like that. <clears throat> well, one of the things that I would like to sort of, you know, sort of draw very for an instant people's attention to is that there is heavy criticism over the centuries. Cardano's another one in which people are like, what is this categorization about someone's appearance or whatever? We have so many different races on the planet. We have so many different ways that that people look, you know, that you're actually making a fool of astrology by by you know uh, by by continuing this 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 tradition. Mm. But there's a lot of social criticism, you know, in terms of like, you know, is the rising sign supposed to be how you look? If you're earth, you're going to be dark and swarthy. All these times, if you're air or fire, you're going to be blue eyed and blonde, you know, and they were just saying, this is ridiculous. Ridiculous. I mean, you and I are not dark and swarthy, although I wouldn't mind being dark and swarthy <laughs> while also being a country squire. <laughs> I know. That's why we made the switch to archetypes yes. <laughs> it's fire archetype yes old money darling uh, right exactly <laughs> yeah super interesting it's super interesting approach and just with yeah I'm just thinking about the sun and the ascendant also in the conversation which you know won't go into a lot but I it's worth noting with a how we're representing because we all have a lot more pressure on ourselves, it seems, and we can compare because of seeing everything. There's that comparison thing. Don't compare yourself. There's a lot that we can take away from astrology or use astrology as a framework for rather than punishing ourselves or crushing or limiting ourselves, we can use it to open up and be more objective and think about things in a way that you can bring more curiosity to or opening up as it has been your intention to open up uh, more possibility. Yeah. And I'm thinking about the, you know, the whole non-binary and starting to, or dissolve, dissolving, I think it's Neptune in Pisces and also Uranus in Taurus, but uh, dissolving all these restrictions and limitations like we already have a framework in a way with the astrology if we open that up and you know they can uh, serve each other you know these conversations that are starting to happen and realities as well as astrology and we can start to develop both by using both but yeah people uh you don't have to be limited into a little box. I don't think I'm being clear. I'm trying to find what I'm trying to say here. Breaking out of roles and gender roles and this is good or this is bad or you're like this so you have to be this in every area because we already know the rules and what that box is. But the thing I hope that we get to, the point we get to is you are many things. You There's all these different houses. There's all the different risings. There's, yes, you're rising but also your sun and yeah, what sign setting, what area of the chart, it's all the horizon, the house, um, right. the sky is that in, the, you, you're a mix of things. So there is no one box and it might help just looking at a couple of bits of your chart to think, well, how can I, how can I look at that in a way that opens up my possibilities for me? What, what I think I also hear in what you're saying, which is, is removing the cause and effect you know, I'm a Leo, therefore I'm a narcissist or something like that. You know, I mean, removing the cause and effect, you know, it's, you know, like one of the, when people are like, you know, how do you explain astrology? Why does it exist? And my answer often is just like, I'm so glad it exists. I mean, I, I wouldn't pretend to try to explain I mean, I can give you the history of how people arrived at things, mm. you know, but I can't explain, nor would I be interested in explaining. 
Mm. You know, and and the thing is removing the cause and effect because the cause and effect is what helps makes those boxes that you're talking about. You know, if this, then that, if this, then that, if this, then that, removing the cause and effect and actually getting into painting mm. with this knowledge. You yeah. know, you don't- It's a are creative you be, tool. <clears throat> yeah, it's why I call it an art form yes. and not a science. I, I think one of the worst things it could ever become is a science. <laughs> and, and, and astrology has been stubbornly resistant to being called a science and I think, for good reason. And that's fine. Yeah, I agree with you. It's a great tool and it's we make the tool by using it too. Like it's not a defined thing. We're always creating it and interacting with it and it's only alive in use. Yeah, that's, oh, wow, that's beautiful. It's only alive in use. That's gorgeous. Mm. That's, a, that's, yeah. a, that's a gorgeous way. Which of, is why of, it's not entirely prescriptive because you can get a structure and you can get things going, which is why I think these handbooks are really useful and it gets people just rolling as well and starting to think about things. And especially when people are starting out, you know, it just sort of helps. Okay, well, where can I go with that? What are some ideas that will help me start to go? It shows how you can synthesize two things as well, which I quite like because you do such great synthesis. Oh, thank you. Hmm. Yeah, I was never a fan of the how-to books. I I always found them very like... (laughs) <laughs> one of my problems as an actor I decided to rework the dialogue to make it more interesting yes yes I love the acting and the design um analogies with astrology <laughs> and just life in general like I think about acting a lot and it's such a great background for you to have to bring to this because it is loosens you up it's a way of thinking differently about how you could do something I love that you reworked the script that is the ultimate isn't it the actor takes control well it's my favorite line from all about Eve where you know she gets into an argument with the playwright Betty Davis you know Margot Channing and she's like you know you know and 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 they're having this like pile up argument about who's more important and she's like well what about me the actress who has to rewrite the lines of the script in order to keep the audience from leaving the theater (laughs) you know know, she's just like you know i have to rework this to keep the audience seated there because they'd leave if they had to listen to you know and and i just always found the how-tos to be very very uh yeah, yeah, yeah is such a great is such a great thing. And and I think that if people can just sort of if you can see the rising sign on the same level as the sun and the moon. Okay, you know, there's mm-hmm. a reason why it's one of the top three, you know. I mean, the sun will always tell you um what time of year you were born. Mm-hmm. The moon will tell you what time of month you were born, and the rising sign will tell you the time of day. Yes. That's why they're the top three. Yes, good right, point. Because they place you, they place you in time. Yes, in the world, in manifest reality. I lo- and you've got that in the intro. I love your intro, and that you've, uh, yeah, you just it, it's it shows you how it's an analogy for where you're situated in the world and in your day, in your time. It's a clock. You've done the clock, cosmic calendar book, so I feel like you've brought a bit of that into your intro. Yeah. yeah as a cap as a Taurus rising yes but yes actually I'm just thinking also a Capricorn which is about time as well 
it's Capricorn. It's always about time. (laughs) But I think that, you know, if you can just sort of play with your rising sign, you know, a lot of times Mm -hmm. we understand our rising sign from the information we're getting from other people. Mm -hmm. Because the rising signs more than the face, it's your demeanor. It's the way you carry yourself. You know, it's what you wear. It's what you wear. You know, and, and and that's the great irony about actors. They always talk about themselves, but they're constantly thinking about their characters who are other people, you know? So so it's that kind of like strange dichotomy. Yeah. And, and that's something that comes up with the rising sign because the thing is the rising sign can also step in when you're feeling out of sorts, you know? I mean, if you have a rising sign that is going to deliver no matter what, Mm. You know, let's say you've got a sun in Pisces, which might have a very sort of like creative relationship to delivering, <laughs> you know, or I don't know, or or I don't, I, I work with undersea time, I don't work with land lubber time or, or something like that. The rising sign will cover, you know, the, mm. the rising sign may know how to negotiate a situation that your rising sign would have no idea. Yeah. Now, I'm not talking like Sybil and the different multiple personalities, like, you know, Vanessa kept your music or something like that, or Marsha is like, you know, or Peggy Sue and the Purple Crayon. No, I'm not saying there's a there's another personality that steps in and the rest of your chart goes to sleep. But the rising sign will negotiate a situation mm. if your sun sign is befuddled or bewildered. I mean, one of the big things that I really, really want to get across about the rising sign is how social it is, Mm. you know? And when we remember that the first socializing that we do as infants is making faces. Yeah, we do. And really, you know, the baby, even just suckling, like looks at the parent's face. Like I've read things where they, they scan where the eyes go and it's just like this stare at the person's face. It goes around their chin and maps the face out repeatedly. And my cousin was just talking about this with me. And I was like, you know, I've recently read about, oh no, she said she saw someone because she's had kids, so it's something she'll notice, but I'm interested in hearing people's observations, is that she said the young mother was scrolling on her phone. So the baby's trying to sort of look at her face and look into her eyes, and because she's not capturing the eyes, the baby's just kind of the eyes are wandering and looking around. And so we're going to have this entire generation that have not, had the simple process that humans need to wire our brains into empathy and connection, missing out on that connection. But hopefully because they're Cancer Pisces or Scorpio rising, they'll they'll have that connection anyway. You know? Well, my next guest actually on the podcast is Wendy Stacy. She's going mm. to be, she'll be published her. just before this one because you'll be Capricorn and she'll be Sagittarius yeah. with her Sag moon. And she was a midwife and I hear that she, and I'm going to ask her a bit about this. She says because of so many births being timed rather than natural with astrology, we're only getting a certain um, um, rising signs. And so, so sun in certain part of the chart times because they're going off the surgeon's day schedule. Evangeline mm. Adams wrote a whole article in 1929 for, I think it's Home Companion or something like that, one of those women's magazines, in which she's like, you want, uh, if you can time your baby's birth 
according to this, you're going to get this rising sign and this is going to make your child more successful. So, so that has been an impulse. I love that example that you bring up of the child studying the face. I think the rising sign studies the faces of others. And, and so it's, but it's going to mimic it, not as a blank canvas, but as the sign that's rising. It keeps bringing me back to this, the social aspect that you, you're saying with the rising. I think it's so important to remember what people you, are seeing and to, and it goes back and forth. You respond to the other person, you receive yourself back through their expression, but then I can't help but think so many women don't have any expression now and the guys are starting to do that with Botox. You're not getting, the feed loop, The feedback loop is being broken. So I like that idea about thinking about the rising sign in the sun as this is part of your self-expression and it's beautiful and it's very important and there's so much that you can do with it with the acting, with the fashion, with the communication, to embrace your style, what that is, and not try to shut it down or play off someone else's script or rules. Start writing your own. Right. But I would also want to add to that. I would also like to add to that, that the rising sign, you know how we can have a talent, we can be good at something, mm. but it comes really easily and we don't really think much yes. of it in People begin recognizing or valuing it. Yes. There is a way that the rising sign is keeping you on track with that. I'm not saying a rising sign is going to describe your talent. I don't want to be understood as that's what I'm saying, but the rising sign is going to do the rising sign. Okay. And so we can learn a lot from the rising sign that we might not be conscious of because mm. it doesn't work in complete conjunction with our sun sign. Mm. Okay. The rising sign may have an interest or an affinity or a curiosity about something in which our sun sign might be like, no, no, not at all. I mean, the sun sign isn't always the sign that's behind the wheel. I've seen charts where the rising sign is very much behind the wheel and the sun sign is like in the backseat. <laughs> okay, so the rising sign really is taking the lead. And so we can also learn from our rising signs. Because we're know, not be so aware of the first house ourselves in a way, are we? No, we aren't. And I think, and it's very misleading when the first house is described as the house of me, yes. you know, because, because I find like the rising sign isn't me. The rising sign is like the child looking at the mother's face or at the other kids. It's, 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 it's interactive. If you work with the planetary joys, for instance, right, you know that Mercury rejoices in the first house, which makes perfect sense because one of the sacred animals to Mercury is the rooster, you know, crowing at the, at the, at the, at the dawning sun, you know, they don't just restrict themselves to the dawn, but you know, that that's, that's what's connected to it. So it's the herald. So, so Mercury, the rising sign, I think has a very strong mercurial and Venusian flavor to it because it's so interactive, mm -hmm. even if it's non-interactiveness, you know, but it is so much more interactive, I find, than the sun is mm -hmm. and that the is the rising sign it it comes through the face when i was describing the book to my agent she was like you know what's the difference between a rising sign and a sun sign and i was like oh and she's like you're gonna be you're gonna have to describe that christopher when you go and pitch this book and i was like let me think about that <laughs> you know because 
what is the difference between a sun sign and a rising sign? Well, and that's where I started getting the idea. The face is not necessarily who you are inside at all. And we're used to that idea, but we're not that used to that idea when we talk about the difference between the rising sign and mm. the sun sign. And also, I think, you know, with your analogy of the sun rising and the rooster meeting the day, I think of, you know, with the rising, I mean, one thing that I always use with that is it's how you meet new situations. And that's because it's how you meet the new day. So this is how you enter any situation. This is what people are seeing. Just you can be more aware of it or you can embrace it or you can, yeah. And then how how does that situate your sun? How does that come in? When does that come in? Because here's the dawn, but what if you've got the sun way over somewhere else as opposed to on the ascendant, which you've right. read your book, which I love that. Yeah, it just it gives us a, a really interesting framework about uh conceiving and perceiving of ourselves and how you, I love that you've also got on the cover how you show up in the world perfect mm -hmm. yeah I know that was like my editor who was like the best editor like on the planet <laughs> I love my editor so much <laughs> she's so and, great and you've taken the idea that you're just talking about and you have made you've done this very clearly in the introduction I really liked the way that you did that you did go and think well yes well I do have to really define what is the difference between the rising and the sun sign and you have done that and we've got a couple of little diagrams too which I like <laughs> that are always helpful yeah the other thing it's it's mentioned towards the end of the book I don't know if you were I don't know if you were around then using the internet here I am dating myself but I remember when you know AOL was how you came on you know um on how you came on the internet and you would get involved in these chat rooms and things like this and, you know, and of course there were astrology chat rooms and, and stuff like that. And people would get into fiery debates and these were called flame wars, you know, where people were flame just like, wars. you know, no, I was not wars. part of the flame wars. I was traveling. I didn't even have an email yet. Right. You were like, I was, I was being free. Me, I was being free, <laughs> trotting. Right. Because I knew what was coming. Like my psyche knew what was up ahead, like chained to the, get out but, while you can. <laughs> I know, get out while you can. Exactly. But what I realized was that this was pre-emoji. And so people would misinterpret what other people were writing because there was no face that they could read. They couldn't read the sarcasm or they couldn't read the sincerity. There was no face. And so without the face, there was all this very unconscious reacting or this very visceral, this very immediate, you know, almost lunar reacting to what was being said you know i don't like that remark you, you know, and and it was really you were you know it said so much about the people who were kind of like projecting themselves but but there was what i registered at that time is that there was no face there was nothing to read mm. so you just had words and how they were being interpreted really quite you know one-sidedly because mm. one person words and so they're reacting and it was very very reactive and that made me also think a lot about the rising sign that, that, you know, cause we think that just because we have a sun and a moon, you know, that that's the self and that's our emotional life and that's all you need, but it's the rising sign, which is the face. If you look at older charts, you'll see the body of a person in which their face begins at the, 
rising and then they kind of do this weird yoga back bend or whatever through all 12 yes, houses I've seen those. So that, yes. you've seen that where the feet yes. end up I, I always thought it was like is this a contortionist but anyway that's what they were trying to show and that the rising sign I think it's a bit of a misnomer of like oh it's about me and what you want to represent no I think it's as you said how you meet so it mm. and what I love about your phrase Jessica is the thresholding of it you know, the, you, you've set up a threshold there, how you meet the mm, world. Yeah. You know? And I think that that's just so very much, very much the rising sign. Right I, yeah, it's very interesting. And it's making me think of, I saw something writing about when you use emojis in an email mm -hmm. or just generally as well, you know, it might not seem professional, but it does help the communication. It does land better. People need a face. We are designed to communicate with our face and our visual visual communication as a human, <laughs> as an and, animal. And, yeah. And then also the word reassuring, mm. you know, if, if it's like, you know, how much the face reassures, you know, because mm. it can be very anxiety producing to meet someone face to face. You know, you kind mm. of like need that reassurance like you need to you know, know they're not a threat and you're safe yeah i mean think of the think of the simple thing of locking eyes right mm. you know, and and think of locking eyes in a mars context and think of locking eyes in a venus context if you're locking eyes in a venus context you you maintain the gaze and that could be read as sexual interest you know mm. if you lock eyes in a mars contest and don't look away it's like wait no you talking to me you talking to me you know, the person starts getting like in your face, you know, think of these things when you think of the rising sign, you yeah. know, and, and how much we talk a lot about face, facial expression, but how much the face reassures. If that's, that's what it. you want to do, you might want to set up a threat or provocative or yes. You, right. If that's what you want to do. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, certainly like in that kind of wild west AOL, you know, flame war chat room. Flame wars. Thing, you needed a lot of reassurance, you know, like, no, no, I was joking or no, no, I'm, I'm following or I'm not making fun or I'm not, you know, the, you needed a lot of reassurance. I found there's a lot of that actually thinking that's interesting. I did miss all of the astrology in AOL land. I'm finding there's a lot of, you've got to be very careful now. You know, I like to joke and be a little bit sarcastic about some things but I've found you can't really do it because people don't know you there's so many people interacting that we don't know each other and we don't know we haven't had the time to build up our knowledge about what that person means or how they're coming at something their sense of humor and so we've had to wind it back I was listening to another astrologer doing something and she I thought she was really funny but someone took something the wrong way and she had to really backtrack to make that person feel safe. And I'm just, you know, what I'm picking up on that, like I'll watch these interactions to see how to do things and how to go about things that work from the listener's point of view. It's almost like having less personality and you can have less fun with it because people are taking things the wrong way, like kind of like the AOL thing because they don't know you. Right. And again, you're back into the ascendant, your presentation, it's a first you've got to take that into account you can't bring the rest of your chart yet because people don't know how to take it and maybe people are more likely to take things as a threat certainly some people will yeah yeah, yeah. it's interesting to think about that with the rising sign 
Yeah, but I'm not a big believer in dialing back the personality. One must always shine <laughs> forth with full personality. But, but your sun shines, you're rising as well. But the thing is, but but there is an issue of listening, you know, mm. and, and again, I mean, to use the theater background, read your audience, read the room. Mm. You know, I mean, does everyone think it's funny or is it forced laughter or is it like crickets? <laughs> you know and 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 sometimes you know with an emphasis of like i'm just going to you know because 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 there 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 are people who communicate that way they're just i'm just going to put this all you know um out there like there isn't enough listening or taking in you know mm. and that can also be described by the rising sign there might be rising signs that are like you know i'm in your face you know and there might be rising signs who are just like i'm going to sit and lurk and take in what you have mm. you know so and it's very personal it's all very personal isn't it so take that which is again why I like astrology and this idea you have your own personal way of doing things and respect that and hold that in regard and it's going to work better for you if you do yeah and and that's what the beauty of having the 10 the 10 planets and all those mm. signs and all those houses is that it really is the chart really is your a portrait of you mm. and 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 it's not going to look like anyone else you the know portraits again I like that and so did you have a favorite portrait was there a few combinations that you really enjoyed writing and you thought oh I'd love to meet that person oh all of the all of the 144 oh, combinations are my favorite <laughs> I'm hearing your moon in Pisces now <laughs> <laughs> there's no I love them all. Oh, so beautiful <laughs> to me well i loved reading this i've been looking up everyone and that's a bonus of, of these kind of combination books too you can look everyone up and it helps you also a appreciate them maybe understand them a bit more it's a conversation starter also i like that these things really help us engage with other people and create unity and it's a good way of uh, just learning as well you know and you can randomly look up bits and pieces as you come across people and I've been enjoying doing that oh I'm so glad I'm so glad I I love writing popular books don't yeah. you I do you know, it's fun they're their own thing they're their they own are. Thing. and you know you're writing them for an audience and for people so it helps you engage and you sort of connecting with that future reader as well which is quite fun <laughs> it is fun it's a challenge it's like oh my god is this going to translate to someone 20 years from now <laughs> also the time yeah the time aspect as well making it timeless Capricorn time timeless uh, I'm so, so glad we do the same type of writing I really am it's, just, it's <laughs> I really enjoy it so like you know I've got all so much seventh and eighth house so obviously I'm into other people's work too and supporting that and I suppose that's how I'm showing up right now is I've got son in the seventh and here we are, <laughs> there we are. <laughs> talking about <laughs> holding your book so Taurus is happy I can touch it it's real <laughs> So I'll start to wrap up and just say, I recommend, this is an Astro All-Stars recommendation, Rise and Shine, the Astrological Guide to How You Show Up in the World by Christopher Renstrom. Also, all of Christopher's work, go check it out. Fabulous, a very rich background, lots of history as well written into it. There's just so much more 
that we could mine. And I look forward to perhaps you visiting more of the books that you came up with on that list. I'm sure we're going yes. to see more from you. Of course. <laughs> yes, plans for the future. But check out this book. It'll make a great gift as well. Nice handbook size. And I will have all this on my site as part of the promotion. I'll do a few IGs oh, with it so to much. share people. Yay. Thank you so much. I and appreciate it. With your permission, one thing I was going to do was read out just one of the sign combos so people can. Okay. Read away, honey. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it. Read away, please. And is there anything else you would would you, you'd like to share before we close about the book or uh, what you're doing as well? What you'd like people to do and come to your website, of course. Oh, uh, oh, yeah, right. That's a good idea. <laughs> My website is rulingplanets.com, and that mm -hmm. was named after the first book, which was uh, started the whole Armada launch, okay? And, and that was a book that focused on the ruling planet. You can't buy it at a bookstore. You can maybe get it secondhand or something like that because mm -hmm. they uh, it sold out its entire print run. I love that book because I worked with like an amazing art director and she, you know, showed me so many different images and pictures and we got to sort of construct it like that and just... The art was just really, really wonderful on, on that book. So that's, but anyway, it's called rulingplanets.com. And that's where you can go for daily horoscopes, weekly horoscopes, and, and to read about your ruling planet. Um, and in addition to that, I appear every week uh, with Astrology Hub, Amanda Poole Walsh's Astrology Hub, and I do horoscope highlights. Mm -hmm. And so I appear every uh, Sunday and, and anywhere from like, you know, 20 minutes to, oh my God, there was one that was like an hour and a 15, but anyway. Oh my uh, gosh. It's not hard that, to do, is it? Once you get started. That, that was just like, okay. But, but anyway, a lot of people enjoyed it. So that's good. You know, I thought like for sure it'd be like, oh my God, you know, run them out. But um, so, so, so there's that every week. I also do every week with my uh, friend, Emily Jensen. Um, something called IG Live, mm -hmm. uh, where we do different topics every week. Uh, this The standby ones are like, we'll do like a Sagittarius season, like we're going to be doing that this week. But we also do things like mystery chart, where uh, we will exchange charts like, like eight minutes before we go on live. Okay, so it's the first time that we're looking at it. And so we have to read the chart of this famous person from wherever. <laughs> and you have to guess who it is? We don't guess. We 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 read the thing, and then the other person says whether we were warm or cold. Oh, you know. I see. Yes. What and sort so of person this would be? Right, and then that's lent itself to mystery event chart, where we'll take you know an event and and there's a chart for it, and then sort of describe what that's it is. Fun. Yes. So it's really it's really it, it 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 what's fun is that it shows off how we read. Yes. And it also, shows the audience like it's not a game show it's not like oh i know what the answer is and i'm going to hit the buzzer it's about reading a description and everyone gets to join in the fun of like either like oh that was close or the humiliation of like boy you were really out of my field with that one so yeah you like building a profile right so and 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 it, and it makes astrology very accessible then we'll do different topics like um we've got one coming up called sad astro which um, I can't wait to do. It's what sad is astro. sad astro? Sad astro is we've gone and Very just fun. ransacked, okay, all the astrology books, okay. And the worst 
possible combinations <laughs> that, 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 that they come up with, you know, like if you read this in a book and, and, and they're in print, you know, you get so bummed out. It's so depressing. So we figured, okay, we're going to call it sad Astro. And it's actually kind of, you know, a send up of it. <laughs> um. But these are older astrologers, so they're not, you know, contemporary or anything like that. You know, where it's just sort of like, oh my God, wouldn't you be like ready to like kill yourself if you read that about like your Saturday? You know, so so we'll take on strange fun topics like that. Yeah. Um, and make a know. series. So you're doing a series like good and yeah. Emily's a Capricorn too, isn't she? Emily is Capricorn Moon. Moon. Ah. Oh. She's got a stellium in Capricorn, but she's an Aquarius sun. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Interesting. So, okay. so we'll do like, uh, you know, crazy, crazy topics like that. Oh, and then we also do ask us something about your chart where you write in a question with your birth information stuff. And then we'll take like mm. that. That gets a lot of people submitting, but we'll take like maybe six or something like that. And we'll do it a again. The purpose is to sort of demonstrate astrology. Yeah. And you know, see, see how it reads. So that's a lot of fun to do that one yeah. too. Yeah. So uh, on Instagram at Christopher Renstrom. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, so check out that in the stories and lives. That sounds good. And you're making a collection and I like that you've got a series going on there. <laughs> oh, we did one on, um, uh, on, on what signs wish they were other signs. Oh, that's hilarious. Well, I know Capricorn's always like, but I'm born very close to Sagittarius. I know, I know. And so, <laughs> so it was kind of a send up of that, you know, signs that wish they were other signs. That's hilarious. Signs yeah, so it's kind of like not your typical stuff, but the stuff that, you know, appeals to Emily and my enthusiasms. <laughs> so we just, okay, maybe people will think this is fun. Well, did you get nominated? Is it, am I making this up in the ISA? Yes, you did. Yeah, Your Instagram I got did. nominated. It's very entertaining. Yeah, I got a bit of recognition. Because I was talking to my new bestie, you know, like you always get like a new bestie at an ISA or whatever. And just like talking to her at the banquet table and, and stuff like that. And she's like, oh, your name's up on the screen. And I'm like, what? And she's Because like, <laughs> I'm talking throughout the whole reward uh, award ceremony. It's like embarrassing. But anyway, she's like, your name's up on the screen. I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> and there it was. That's awesome. So this is uh, what um, Christopher's been speaking about with, it sounds like a lot more going on Instagram since I checked as well. And there was a lot on there. And yeah, like lots of games and fun things and showing up very regularly. And I did really like that. Yeah, you're demonstrating for people to see how you how you build a profile basically based on what we know from the chart. And I know with the Australian exams, the official exams, you have to build a profile of someone that's part of reading the birth chart, like doing the completing the exam. So I think it's a really great place to start to see uh, professionals go at it together. Yeah. 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 And, and 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 yeah, see see how well they do. <laughs> how, how you do it? How how well you're going to do well? But yeah, how how it's done and no pressure. And you do regular ones, so it's not everything on just this one. And yeah, I think that's a really valuable learning tool as well as entertaining. Well, astrology should always be you know educational and entertaining. If it's not entertaining, oh my god, it's just like it can be pretty dry and boring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's the point of that? So thank oh you. God. 
Thank you so much for coming on. I love our chat so and I love our off camera as well. On camera, check out Christopher. Christopher also does readings as well. Established professional, long-time astrologer. And um, obviously, you would, I think you would do amazing reading. So highly recommended. Oh, thank check you. Thank you. Christopher's book, books, work, lectures, talks, workshops, nominations. <laughs> T-shirts, mugs, and aprons, no. <laughs> and happy holidays. Yes, yeah, shirts, mugs, and aprons. Happy holidays to you too, my happy dear. Holidays. And happy birthday. I know I'm Thank just a day. you. <laughs> and um, stay cosmic all and warm. Hey. Okay, so I have permission from Christopher to read out a little bit of Rise and Shine to you. So... I'm just going to introduce it first and say part one is first impressions and talking about your rising sign and what that is. Part two, your unique personality, sun sign, rising sign combinations. Part three, face to face, how your rising sign relates to others. And then in the epilogue, there's a few extra, I would call it a bonus section. So face value, the self behind the selfie. And he goes through when your sun sign is their ascendant sign. So partnership, when your sun sign and their ascendant are the same element or complementary elements. So that brings in aspects. And when your sun sign flanks their rising sign. And then he goes into uh, like a little breakdown of each you know, if you're a Leo rising and they're a Taurus, say. So he goes through every combination there. I love those bonus <laughs> sections. The main part is uh, divided into each rising sign. So you've got a bit about the rising sign and then you've got each combination with the sun and rising sign. So I'm going to share mine with you and you tell me. You tell me if I appear like this. I think that would be really interesting. I would love to know. And if you have a look at the book, let me know how accurate. I really like Christopher's uh, interpretations of things. So I've quite enjoyed reading through this and thinking of people as they, I look them up. I looked up Marilyn Monroe as well. I thought hers was really interesting. So I would look up the Taurus Rising at the beginning of the section and then I would go to Sagittarius Sun, Taurus Rising, and that's what I'm going to read out to you. So life shouldn't be lived, sorry, life should be lived to its fullest. That's your philosophy in a nutshell. Actually, it's more like a mandate. People talk about their bucket lists, you know, those things they want to do before they die. Well, yours is a list of things you want to do before the end of the month. You don't believe in postponing anything when it comes to fun and pleasure. You've watched too many sad souls never get around to doing the things they said they were going to do one day, and you won't be one of them. When you leave this planet, it will be with every penny spent, sight seen, and moment experienced. People are in for a surprise if they think you're going to follow the 9 to 5 routine. You're a Sagittarius, and centaurs have an insatiable thirst for adventure. Convinced that the best things in life are happening someplace else, you don't think twice about booking the next flight. And if anyone asks you where you're going, your answer is anywhere but here. Now, this sounds like it would fly in the face of your bovine ascendant. Taurus risings are supposed to be staid, domestic and stay at home. But anyone who's been around bulls and horses know that these two animals don't take kindly to be ridden by just anyone. Ask any rodeo cowboy. 
They have a wild side and will bark, rear and spin to throw off anything unwanted. Those who assume that you'll just peacefully graze in any old pasture are in for a rude awakening. Your sun sign doesn't take a back seat to your ascendant. That would be like putting the cart before the horse. You're the eligible single everyone asks questions about. How come you're never home? Why aren't you married? Don't you want to have kids? The truth is you don't want to be saddled with a thankless obligation. You've gone out with too many free-spirited types only to discover that they were really like animal rescues searching for a home. And for children, having a family isn't exactly a burning priority. You're surrounded by fascinating people of all backgrounds and ages. But should you decide to, it would be in your own way and in your own time. So that is ridiculously accurate, <laughs> of course. So they're quite amusing. I mean, Christopher could write an entire book on each combination, but that would be crazy. But, uh, yeah, I think that that pretty much nails it for me. If anyone that knows me, I stay up late and I get up late. My hours are crazy. I'm just so mutable and extremely free-spirited. It's true. And yes, the best things are always happening somewhere else. I'm convinced. It's so true. And I've always said I don't want children and those, those sorts of obligations because how can I travel? How can I stay up late? I love having a group of fascinating friends and meeting new people. So, yep, totally agree. <laughs> it's great. So have a look at Rise and Shine, an astrological guide to how you show up in the world by Christopher Renstrom, fabulous astrologer, a book in a reading. Check out what he does. He's got webinars and uh, other educational things he's put out there too. And if you want to learn more about a uh, birth chart, etc., of course, you can pick up my copy on my book, a copy of my book, Star Power, A Simple Guide to Astrology for the Modern Mystic. And that will place uh, the birth chart for you and open that up more. So thanks so much for listening. Uh, thanks again to Christopher for being amazing and um, sharing his time with us and putting wonderful work out into the world. Thank you for joining me today. This has been Vanessa Montgomery. For more astro and modern mysticism, find me at astroallstars.com. Remember that's stars with a Z. Take care and stay cosmic.